everyone, welcome to another episode of A Cowgirl and Her Horse. This episode is coming out the day after Labor Day weekend, so I hope everyone had a great long weekend and was able to enjoy some time off. My husband and I went out camping with our holiday trailer for a couple of nights. Unfortunately, as has been the case for pretty much this entire summer in Alberta, it rained, so we cut our trip a day short. It was still fun, but unfortunately we had to cut it short. Um, So hopefully your weekend was a bit better than that, but either way, I thank you for choosing to tune into this week's episode. And this week's episode is going to be be about not coming from a rodeo family. So if you guys listened to my intro episode about me, uh, you will know that I did not come from a rodeo family. So Um, what prompted this was um, recently on Facebook, Rodeo Buddy posted a video about not coming from a rodeo family. If you haven't seen it, um, I'll post a link in the show notes so you can watch it. I highly recommend you watch it. It's, I think, about four minutes long or so. Uh, I also shared it on a cowgirl and her horse's Facebook page, so you can scroll and find it there. Uh, the video really resonated with me because I don't come from a rodeo family, so you don't really hear a whole lot about that sort of thing so the fact that they post that I thought was kind of neat so for those of you who don't know I grew up on a cattle farm where we did not have any horses whenever we needed to move our cattle we either walked rode a quad or drove a truck there was no horses involved my dad thought that it would be easier that way without the horses and truth be told he was probably right (laughs) you're not having to deal with horse losing its one not you know just not cooperating or whatever so um it wasn't until we sold cows that I finally got a horse and I didn't have a clue about owning a horse let alone rodeo and barrel racing Uh, my mom had a horse as a teenager but her experience was fairly limited so And she didn't know anything about rodeo. She, from what I know, her riding was pretty much limited to pasture riding. And then as far as my dad goes, I actually don't know if he ever even rode a horse before I got my first horse. I know that they had some sort of wild horse at some point, not when I was ever around, but I'm not sure if he ever rode that horse either. So when I got my first horse, we were completely starting at square one. 4-H was fantastic when it came to learning the ins and outs of taking care of a horse and learning about basic horsemanship, but it didn't teach me anything about rodeo. So, and then after a few years in 4-H, I decided that that was the avenue I wanted to go down. I wanted to get into barrel racing and rodeoing. I didn't have a barrel horse. I had a horse that was really trained, as you guys would have heard in the intro episode. I had Junior at this point, and you know, I thought surely he can be just exactly what I need. So, you know, I bought the books, I bought the DVDs, and I got to work. You know, I listened to Charmaine James's instructions in her book and her DVDs. I took that as gospel, and I patterned Junior just like she instructed in those DVDs and in that book and it actually worked pretty well. I will say that I don't recommend that. So the old saying green on green makes black on blue does have some truth to it 
And to be honest, things go a lot quicker quicker when you're a newbie to the sport. If you have a horse that can teach you rather than the two of you learning together, a horse that knows the ropes can make up for your ignorance in a lot of situations that a horse who is completely new to the sport would not. You know, luckily in my case, Junior was very forgiving. He was very well broken. He was very smart, which was kind of the perfect storm. And he took care of me regardless of the fact that he had never been to a jackpot or a rodeo before. And, you know, despite my complete ignorance, I actually was lucky enough that I chose the right path to go down when you're getting into barrel racing. I started doing gymkhanas and jackpots locally before eventually entering the rodeos a year after. And, you know, at the local gymkhanas, there were lots of people there that were also my 4-H club, which made things a heck of a lot less intimidating. That being said, I still didn't really know a whole lot about what was going on beyond going around this pattern. You know, at the jack at the gym cannas, we did a little bit of everything, not just barrels. We did poles, we did keyhole, we did flags. You know, all those sorts of games. And looking back, that was probably a great thing for me because it really makes your horse and you as a rider a bit more well-rounded than you otherwise would be if you just did the barrels. Particularly when you do poles. I know I posted an article about this on a cowgirl and her horse.com. Poles teaches you a lot about getting your horse to move his body from side to side, which comes in really handy when you're doing barrels. That aside, so I transitioned into jackpots, which again was fairly easy. My prior 4-H leader liked barrels and was often at those jackpots. So, you know, through her, I was introduced to a few people, which again made things a lot less intimidating um and you know the 4d system was completely foreign to me but you know I asked questions and listened and paid attention to what was going on and I think I caught on fairly quickly that being said I do think my knowledge was lacking a lot I didn't really I didn't know you know much about hauling a horse from place to place I didn't know anything about the different bits and how they could help me. I didn't know about proper warm-up before run. Tons of stuff. I had no clue. Oh, and just a side note, if you're confused um, at the difference between jackpots, gymkhanas, all those different barrel racing events, I promise that I will be re- releasing an episode very soon that will go in depth with all of that stuff because I know especially with the jackpots with the 4d system some people can get kind of confused but so the jackpots that I went to were pretty small I don't think there was there probably wasn't ever more than 25 girls there um that being said the warm-up pen is still a gong show which is can be extremely intimidating to a new rider you know you're in this whole new atmosphere and you know with junior he had never been to anything like that before but it was okay you know the music there wasn't always music playing it's not like there was crowds there so it was low-key compared to what a rodeo would be so that was great for a beginner i did the jackpots over the winter and then in may of the following year I entered my first amateur rodeo. Again, not really knowing what I was doing, just 
picking out what I could off the website and whatnot. The amateur rodeos that I went to that first year, again, pretty quiet. You know, it's not like there's a Houston rodeo caliber crowd there. You know, a few people from the town and, you know, parents, grandparents, that sort of thing. That being said, I was nervous beyond belief. <laughs> I was so, so nervous. Um, and I, I didn't really have anyone to fall back on. You know, tell me what I should be doing, what and where, and all that sort of thing. But, I mean, we did it. I, I kind of figured, you know, I went into it blind, thinking that a rodeo is not that different from a jackpot. You know, they're, which is technically true, I guess. You know, your name gets called, you run around through barrels, you haul your horse back home. But, you know, I didn't have any clue about the fact that rodeo ground is typically terrible, or the fact that there might be bucking stock around, which may have been a good thing that I didn't think of all those things. Yeah, I was nervous enough as it is, but. And so then in the fall of that year, I joined high school rodeo, which was definitely a learning curve. And probably the first place that I actually noticed the difference between those who grow up around rodeo and those that don't. Um, you know, high school rodeos are run a little bit differently than the other typical rodeos but I also didn't know anyone there you know my riding my 4-H leader wasn't there the people that I jackpotted with weren't there it's just a little bit different and you know I've kind of felt like I was an outsider there you know lots of the people competing at high school rodeo had older siblings that had gone before them and it was kind of old hat for them and that wasn't the case for me. It was my horse and my mom. <laughs> but, you know, I figured out how things worked. I read up what I needed to know on the high school rodeo website. You know, I watched other people, talked to the rodeo secretaries. But I still definitely felt the pressure there. You know, not only was I running barrels, which made me nervous to begin with, but now I was surrounded by my peers who I didn't know. And it's not like I wanted to show off or anything, but at the same time, there definitely was peer pressure there. and I don't know. So that's just kind of how things went. I was on my own to figure out how things worked. I did a lot of reading, you know, Barrel Horse News and Charmaine's book and Sharon Camarillo's book and Marlene McRae's book and buying DVDs and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yes, I knew people, you know, like in the jackpot scene, I knew people there, but it wasn't like I had a mom or a dad who knew the ins and outs. You know, I was on my own. If I wanted to go somewhere to compete, I told my mom she would hook up the trailer and we would go. But it was up to me, you know, to know where the rodeo grounds were, how much the entry fees were, how much or how how to pay the fees, how to enter, everything. And it's not like I'm complaining or anything. It was all fun, even though there was a lot of uncertainty and whatnot about it all. But I'm just saying it would have been nice to have come from a rodeo family where someone else around me would have known how everything worked. You know, if I had come from a rodeo family, there would have been a lot of things different. You know, if I had come from a rodeo family, I likely would have been one of those girls that would say I was on a horse before I could walk. That wasn't the case for me. I wasn't on a horse until I was 10. And when I finally did, did swing a leg over a horse, 
it wasn't like I had someone there with me every day that had a lot of experience that they could hand down to me. It was up to me to figure it out. And sure, I did figure it out, but it took a heck of a lot longer than someone who has a coach by them every day. Um, You know, if I had come from a rodeo family, I likely would have been put on rodeo horses. If you listen to my intro podcast, you will know that I never had a rodeo horse. Brandy was my very first horse, who was some sort of Heinz 57 trail horse, and the horses between her and Junior were a mix of backyard pets and trail horses, to be honest. Junior himself was a cutting horse when I got him, and I patterned him. So, I mean, if I with a rodeo family, there's a very likely chance that I would have been put on some sort of, you know, older rodeo horse at a young age, and that horse would have taught me what I needed to know. But instead, I was in a position where I was teaching my own horses the pattern while I was also learning myself. Uh, another difference is, if I would have come from a rodeo family... I wouldn't have had to go blind into those rodeos, not knowing how the arenas are set up or what the ground is like. You know, someone who has rodeoed in a particular area for any amount of time knows those things. They might know, you know, that at X rodeo, you run in from off the track and that first barrel kind of dips down into the bucking chutes. Or at this other rodeo, you have to walk over a bunch of rocks to get to the arena. You know, no, I didn't know any of that stuff. If I had come from a rodeo family, I may have been able to spend more time honing in my on um, honing in on my skills. If a whole family is taking part in something, it's much easier to spend more time with it. In contrast with my family, no one else rides horses, and so there wasn't a whole lot of emphasis on it. You know, less time in the saddle meant less time to practice and get better. This long weekend was a perfect perfect example. You know, a rodeo family might have been at the the amateur rodeo finals were this weekend in my area. You know, instead of being out in the bushes camping, I probably would have been at the finals. Another thing, you know, if I had come from a rodeo family, I really don't think I would have had to have worked as, at, as hard at developing my horse, my skills, and learning the ropes of the sport. Just because I feel like I started out so much farther behind the eight ball than everyone else. That being said, the fact that I had to work so much harder at all those things, I really think it makes me a better participant of the sport than I otherwise would have been. I know what it takes to pattern a horse. I know that it takes time and patience and trial and error to get a horse seasoned. That it doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lot of entering exhibitions and watching other people win buckles while you trudge along at a lope. It takes consistency and dedication to the barn every day just to get a fraction better. I'm not saying that people who come from rodeo families do not understand that. They definitely do. But I just, again, I feel like because I started so much further back and didn't have the necessary resources all the time for what I needed, I think I have a really high appreciation for what goes into it all because I certainly did not take any shortcuts to get where I am now. And you know what? Something that I've realized is that I know that you don't have to come from a rodeo family in order to be good at this sport. Yes, many of the top competitors out there come from a long line of rodeo participants, but that doesn't mean that you will 
forever be an outsider looking in if you yourself don't come from a rodeo family. That's the great thing about rodeo. You know, if you're willing to put in the time, the money, the dedication, and focus into the sport, you will get rewarded. And yes, I did say money. I'm not under the impression that it does not take some money to get anywhere in the sport. You definitely need to put aside money for this sport if you want to be successful at it. But like I said, if you put that those resources in, you will be rewarded. That reward might not come today. It might not come tomorrow. It might not even come a year from now. But I can promise you that if you work at it and get a little bit better every single day, you will succeed. That being said, if you're listening to this and you did not come from a rodeo family, I'm here to give you some tips to help you maximize your success on the rodeo trail. So the first thing I would say is that Tony Robbins says that success leaves clues. What does that mean? It means that people that are successful have done certain things in order to get where they are. They might ride a certain way, they might train a certain way, they might enter a certain way, they may stick to certain bloodlines, they may hang out with certain people, whatever it is, all those little things are what have led them to their eventual success. Your job as an outsider or perceived outsider is to learn what those things are that make them successful and copy them or you know mirror them whatever you want to call it and another thing i would say is find a mentor so the best thing you can do is make friends with the people who are having the success that you want to have don't bug them and tell them that you want them to be your mentor no one wants to have that responsibility trust me If you see them at a rodeo, don't bug them. Chances are they're busy. But try to touch base with someone that you'd like to have as sort of a mentor every once in a while. You know, maybe you're both in line to pay your entry fees. Try to pick up a few gems from them then. You know, watch them. What do they do? What do they do in their warm-up? And take notes. There are certain ways you can go about finding a mentor. Yes, it can be someone you know, but you can also find mentors through other means. You know, Charmaine James and Molly Powell were both my mentors through their products. Charmaine has her book and DVDs and Molly has her DVDs. I studied those things with a fine tooth comb. You can also go to clinics. You know, I've gone to a few clinics and they've been invaluable in my barrel racing learning. You know, just think about it. You get to work with, in some cases, world champion barrel racers right up close and personal they watch what you're doing and show you exactly what you need to do to get better there's no better way to short shortcut your success than doing something like that Um, even if you don't take a horse to a clinic i would recommend auditing a clinic go there pay 20 bucks or whatever to watch the clinic you can learn from that too You you can also find mentors through podcasts You know, there continue to be more and more podcasts out there about horses and improving your mental game and becoming a better competitor. So, you know, whether you learn about horse health, training, any of those things, you know, podcast hosts can be your mentors too. Uh, You can also watch YouTube videos. You know, YouTube's phenomenal and you can definitely learn something out there. Um, But one thing I would say about finding a mentor is pick people that are reputable 
Learn from people who have had the success that you want to have. They have a blueprint for how to do it. They know how it works, what doesn't work, and how to get there. So listen and learn. Um, my next tip for if you didn't come from a rodeo family is practice perfect with purpose. Practice perfect with purpose. So um, Malcolm Gladwell has a theory that it takes 10,000 hours to become a world-class individual at something. So I was curious, so I did the calculation on this. In order to get 10,000 hours of barrel runs under your belt, and we assume that each run is 17 seconds long, it would take you just over 2,177,648 runs. That's not going to happen. <laughs> so, and you know what? The 10,000 hour rule is debatable anyways. But we do know that obviously it takes a long time to get world class at something, including barrel racing or rodeo. And as someone who didn't grow up in a rodeo family, I was behind right from the start. You know, people from rodeo families typically grow up on a horse. You know, they come up through the peewee ranks Personally, I didn't start barrel racing until I was 15. You know, that's a lot of years and a lot of runs to catch up on. And unfortunately, our horses only have so many runs in them. So for me, there was no way I was going to be able to make that up on my one horse. And because I, it was unlikely I was ever going to become a trainer for a living and ride horses all day, I had to find some way to be able to fill in that gap. And one way I do that is by practicing perfect and with purpose every single day. I remember watching a Martha Josie video. Um, she had said that practice doesn't make perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. And what she meant by that, the way I, under I understand it anyways, is that you need to practice the way you want to compete. Every stride that you ride your horse, you need to make sure that it's taking you closer to your goal. You need to practice as if every single ride is a deal breaker between making the NFR and sitting at home in your sweats watching the NFR from your coach. You need to practice as if it, if it, if you need to practice as if whether continuing in the sport, your ride depends on that. You know, you also need to have purpose. Our horses only have so many runs in them, as I said, and so it's important to have a purpose for each ride we put in them. Why are you doing a particular drill? Are you trying to correct something, or are you just doing the drill because it's what you did yesterday and you kind of like to do that drill? That's not good enough. <laughs> Every time you saddle up, you have to have a goal in mind for your ride. You can't just be out there going through the motions. That's how you end up stagnating and end up doing the same thing with no progress for 10 years. What do you want to get out of your ride? Why do you want to get that out of your ride? Will it get you closer to your goal? If it's not, then you might as well just go back to the barn, hang up your saddle, and go back home. Rodeo is very competitive. I don't need to tell you that. And there's no room for people who just want to cruise along. And I guess that kind of segues into my next tip is that you need to work hard. You need to work hard and you need to work smart. If you aren't from a rodeo family, you don't have the luxury of having family members around you to give you a leg up, to give you advice and feedback. 
what you don't have in family experience, you need to make up in dedication, consistency, and drive. I'm not saying that people from from rodeo families don't need to work hard too, but again, I'm just saying you got to make up the gap that's there. I would also say you need to up your mental game. Yes, you need a fast horse, and yes, you need to have you need to be a phenomenal rider to get anywhere in these this sport. Um, it's no joke, but. A large chunk of winning now comes down to your mental game. Do you have ice water running through your veins as you head down the arena, down the alley? Are you calm when you walk back to the trailer after running past first and knocking down second? What's your internal dialogue like? Do you berate yourself and question whether you even deserve to be be at a rodeo? This sort of thing may not seem significant, but I'm here to tell you that having a solid mental game is a huge determining factor in whether or not your rodeo dreams will come true. They will set you apart between those who did come from a rodeo family and those who did not, those who work on their mental game and those that do not. At the higher levels and even at the lower levels, mental game makes a huge difference. If you have a nervous horse dancing underneath you, your calm demeanor can make the difference in the world that can subsequently lead to an amazing run. I guess my last tip would be that if you didn't come from a rodeo family, start your own rodeo family. I'm not talking about having kids. Become friends with others who have been blessed to come from rodeo families and make their families your family. Rodeo in most cases, is a very welcoming sport where everyone cheers for their competition. Most people are very willing to lend a helping hand or to answer a question if you're polite and respectful. You need to develop a circle of friends that will bring you closer to your dreams. Jim Rowan has been credited with saying that you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. Take a second to consider who's in your life. Who are you spending the most time with? Are they people that will bring your average up and help you get closer to your rodeo dreams? Or are they bringing your average down? If they're bringing you down, you may want to consider changing who you're spending your time with. And I'll be the first one to say I know that's difficult, especially if the people you spend time with is your family and you need to kind of spend less time with them (laughs) but if your goals really matter you have to make those tough choices another thing that I want to say is that if you're not from a rodeo family I don't want that to be an excuse for why you haven't achieved your dreams or why things are difficult for you regardless of whether or not that's true it's irrelevant the family that you are born into is completely out of your control which means that there's no reason for you to dwell on the hand you were dealt. You need to take what you have, count your blessings, and get to work. If you feel that you have a disadvantage somewhere, that just means that you have to work harder to make that disadvantage go away. And that's one of the beautiful things about rodeo. The clock doesn't know if you come from a legendary rodeo family. 
Your horse doesn't know if your dad was a three-time world champion calf roper. And who ultimately becomes the winner at the end of the day is not determined by genealogy or connections. It's about dedication. It's about focus. And it's about the will to see your gold buckle dreams come true. You may not be from a rodeo family, but that sure as heck should not stop you from realizing your rodeo dreams. I know it isn't going to stop me. In fact, I'm going to use it as fuel to stoke the fire that's burning in my belly. That need to feel what it's like to make a winning run. What about you? Are you going to use not being from a rodeo family as an excuse why you never realized your rodeo dreams? Or are you going to go out there, hustle your butt off, and show them that you don't need to be from a rodeo family to become a winner in the rodeo arena? It seems like as a horse owner, there's always something you could use or need or want when it comes to your horses. I've found that horse.com is a great place to meet those needs. Whether you need a new pair of bell boots because your latest pair have completely fallen apart from being used too many times, or are looking to try a new bit, horse.com is your place to find what you need. Head over to a cowgirlandherhorse.com slash deals to get 10% off your entire order at horse.com. You'll also find there a list of all my favorite products, including Classic Equine's Legacy 2 boots and Ariat's Fat Baby boots, which are my favorite boots to wear around the barn. Again, that's a cowgirlandherhorse.com slash deals. For those of you listening who come from rodeo families, I hope I haven't offended anyone. I'm not under the impression that those of you who grew up in rodeo families don't need to work hard in order to have success in the rodeo arena. I know that regardless of your last name or your family background, you need to work hard to get anywhere in this sport. My point with this episode is just to share my experience as someone who didn't come from a rodeo family and just emphasizing the fact that you need to work extra hard in order to make up that difference. You can't deny that if you come from a rodeo background, you are at a slight advantage. For example, it's no coincidence that all the right boys are amazing bronc riders. They grew up in a family that has a passion for and is dedicated to the sport. Could they all be amazing bronc riders if they didn't have Wright as their last name? Maybe, but maybe not. All I know is it certainly doesn't hurt your chances chances of success when your dad and your brothers are all champions in the sport that you want to do good at. For those of you who come from a rodeo background, I have one ask for you. If you see someone who is obviously new to the sport, go up and introduce yourself. Let them know that there's a friendly face and that they're more than willing or more than able to come and ask you questions. I know we're all busy at rodeos, but a little bit of kindness like that only takes a second and could make a huge impression on someone new to the sport. 
I know I sure would have liked to have had someone come up and say hi to me back when I was starting out. It would have made the whole experience a heck of a lot less intimidating. And again, for those of you who did not come from a rodeo family, keep working hard and learning as much as you can. Realizing your rodeo dreams may be closer than you ever imagined, I promise. Alright guys, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, I'd love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you listen. Also be sure to check out A Cowgirl and Her Horse on Facebook. You can also head over to anchor.fm and leave a voice memo. Ask me a question, leave a comment, or just say hello. Lastly, be sure to check out acowgirlenterhorse.com slash deals for all sorts of exclusive offers and to get 10% off your entire order at horse.com. Thank you so, so much for listening. And remember, it's always a good day to ride.